Good evening and welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 112. Tonight we are reviewing Kendrick Lamar's new record, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. This album is huge and I cannot wait to talk about it. Also, we're going to be choosing three songs to listen to while driving. So uh, hopefully you guys will chime in with some songs as well as we talk about ours. And then at the end here, we're going to discuss issue number five of Sandman from Neil Gaiman. If you like what you hear tonight, subscribe and leave a comment and feel free to share with your friends because the more the merrier, we'd like more people. Joining me tonight is none other than JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. Greetings. Can only people who are hard of hearing hear you? Uh, no, other people can, but they just have to turn the volume down a little bit. Will it sound rough? Because it's easy listening for... It It will sound easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder what metalheads think. We'll ask one. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's... Metalhead Monday. Hey, all. And there he is. I would not say it's the easiest of listening, but I would say <laughs> maybe uh, mid-grade, mid, mid-level listening. It's the metamusal of music. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, that, that's a pretty rough grade. Oh, but it keeps you regular. So yeah. that's important at our age. I will write that down. I appreciate the feedback and I'll take that to consideration there. I'm going to create this banner. Let's see. JPP music is like metamucil it's in print there we, it's there on we the go internet. it is forever and there we have it i'm just glad you spelled metamucil right oh shut your face oh man i i remember when i was a kid walking in my grandma's kitchen every evening and she'd be <laughs> stirring up a glass of orange stuff I'm like what is that doesn't taste like tang. Yeah, Pray tang. you never have to find out, kid. <laughs> so far, so good, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You guys, ready for veggies, our, uh, you guys ready for our challenge? I am. Very. You think our listeners are ready for the challenge? Uh, I hope. Let's hope so. We have one of these up for grabs tonight if people want to participate and share some songs with us. Well, let's hope they do. Let's do. We're speaking to you, Andy. <laughs> we expect you on the show tonight. So, uh, JPP, you have the challenge. Why don't you uh, remind us all? I said because it's getting warm out, finally, and uh, one of the fun things to do is to kind of hit the road. And while doing so with the windows down or the top down, if you have a convertible, is to jam on some of your favorite tunes. And so I asked you guys to come up with three of your favorite road tunes. Very good. Do either of you have a car with a top that comes down? Nope. No. I have a sunroof. <laughs> Same. Yeah. My mom had a convertible for a long time. And uh, yeah, I would go ride with her in that every once in a while and have to listen to her, her music, but mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. We have a we have a Ford Escape and it has the sunroof. The It's a big one. Like the glass goes mm -hmm. is big, but it only opens like half of that. So, gotcha. so that way you can't escape. I actually got uh, a couple weeks ago, I got 
burnt right here from having <laughs> the roof. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. From having it open. Yeah. I would imagine this challenge would be more fun if you had a convertible. True. <laughs> yeah. Or a motorcycle. You know, they have some hi-fi systems on those these days. They do. So the speakers loud, and the helmets. Man. Yeah, Gosh. and it's so funny to hear him drive by because you hear the song and it gets all Yeah, the Doppler <laughs> effect on the song. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if the helmets have noise cancellation in them. <laughs> That's a good question. That would be kind of a scary situation, though. You have to kind of keep your surroundings at bay. It's like people who drive and wear headphones at the same time. I would imagine you don't hear sirens and <laughs> probably not a good idea. So we are not no. recommending that, kids. Don't do no. that. I, I will tell a quick like story. Before uh, before we get started, I'll tell a quick story. Uh, there was a gentleman I saw. I have no idea who he was. I was on my way back to campus from Kokomo to Ball State, and I was in the lovely town of Fairmount mm -hmm. at the four-way stop. And whoever this young man was was definitely into his road tunes because as he started to go, I see him just kind of thrashing about. So it was definitely something heavy, but uh, he was borderline moshing as he was driving, and I thought, oh, Jesus, he's going to wreck soon. <laughs> Nice. Well, yeah. The Maybe brightest Wayne... people aren't always on the road, so. Maybe a Wayne's World fan. He's <laughs> something. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go, I suppose. And then, Paul, you'll go last because it's your challenge. Okay. Fair enough. So I'll lead off. And my number one song is Radar Love from Golden Air Rain. Nice. I remember nice. loving that when I was uh, young, and it was uh, about the time we were learning to drive and all that, so. Cruising the Strip, so to speak. So it was kind of a, a driving song. Not really the open road for me back then, but I think it would be tasty on the open road today. Absolutely. All right, Monday. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little partial to the White Lion cover of that, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I totally Surprise. like the original better. <laughs> but uh, it is a good cover. It's a great cover. Mm -hmm. uh, but since you threw them out, I was going to go with this one second, but since you threw golden earring out there i mean i i thought about i mean radar love comes to mind of course mm -hmm. because you know it's just a road song and it's a great one yeah. it's a longer song so you know you get your jam in but uh i went with golden earring you don't say <laughs> golden earring twilight zone twilight zone. i mean that bass Hello. Hello. Oh, there you guys are. Are we back now? Yes, <laughs> you're, you're back. back. Yes. I didn't hear anything you guys said after I said my song. <laughs> we were just waiting for you. Yep. So we heard Twilight Zone. So, so yeah. Twilight Zone, yes. The uh the the baseline of that alone, the do 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 I mean mm -hmm. absolutely classic. It's just yep. a great song. And it's a lot of uh lot of kind of uh extended jam music parts in that one and i think it's just a really really great song to cruise to agreed yeah both of those are now paul do you have a golden earring song on your list i do not <laughs> dang uh, it <laughs> some of these are kind of based off of some some fond memories in fact uh <clears throat> the day we had our graduation ceremony I was working at Karma Records right before graduation, which was a nice change of pace considering uh, the fast food place. You'd get off work at 11.30 midnight, and uh, it was definitely like Metamucil back in my day. Um, 
So, you know, close at nine and all that stuff and get some good deals on some CDs. Well, I picked up uh, Music in Our Message by Public Enemy. And uh, on my yes. way to the graduation ceremony, I had uh, What Side You On blasting at full blast in the old uh, Sunbird. And that's a great, great jam. Yeah. Mm, I love that song. And right before it is Give It Up mm-hmm. and they flow into each other. <clears throat> yep. I listen to that probably at least weekly. Um, and that is actually my favorite uh, Public Enemy album. And yeah. That, and those first three were like just dynamite. But this one, I think, has the funkiest grooves. Mm-hmm. And God, that is a great choice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good one. I remember the lines. It's like your endo, throw it out the window like the Super Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some some good uh, flavor flavisms in there. Yeah. Flav is on point. This is the best. That record has the best flavor moments. Mm-hmm. Um. And then what kind of what kind of what, what's the the title kind of power you got soul mm-hmm. power yes. but it's all flave oh my god that's like he sounds like um like a grade A rapper on that one and sometimes he's just the clown but man mm-hmm. he delivers on this record it's so good yeah I'm gonna have to dig that one out of the collection and get on the road this week and just let loose again for the hell of it. <laughs> Yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening to anything you guys said because I still have the baseline from Twilight Zone. <laughs> but well, carry on. No, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> Groovy. Okay, we got some other ones coming in here. Best surprise album I ever bought at Karma was Morphine Cure for Pain. Yes. Let's see what this is. <clears throat> I got to go on. I'm going to pull up Facebook so we can see who these are because for some reason some of these don't show up. But thanks for chiming in. Appreciate that. Yes. We figure out who Facebook user is. We will put uh, both of you or just one of you, if it's just one, into the drawing for the shirt. Yep. Right so. on. Yeah, awesome. Morphine. Morphine was a great band and uh, damn shame they had to end early. But that's uh, some of the best heavy saxophone I've ever heard. Okay, so we're on to round two. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. So my round two was. Do you have any guess? I haven't picked any rush for a while. So. Yeah, I knew it was going to be something rush. <laughs> I, I almost <clears> did it, <throat> but it's named after the damn car, so it had to be. So, Red Barchetta. There you go. Which, yeah. It was Rob Moss. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rob. You'll be in there. I have a good. I have a funny uh, little anecdote about Rush. Go so. Um, I saw today, apparently it was one year ago today that I posted on Facebook that, uh, I, I got yelled at. I knew, I know that I married the perfect woman because I got yelled at because I called her and it went through the car and I interrupted her jamming to Tom Sawyer. So, <laughs> oh man, one year ago today, man, well, you know what <laughs> my, my daughter, um, she's kind of a chip off the old black, old block. Sorry, in that I was trying to say in that and block at the same time. But uh, anyway, I've been out in the yard all day. I'm. That's why we keep Paul in the dark on the show. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, shadows. folks. That was definitely a, a tongue tie. Anyway, um, she's a chip off the old block in that she's very tech savvy. Uh, my wife had to go to an appointment the other day, so she was all the way down in Carmel. It's a you know good forty five minute drive. And um, while she's enjoying her podcast, all of a sudden, it just switches to Rick Astley. And she calls me and she's like, um, is Eileen on the computer? And I was like, yeah. 
and uh, she's like, could you tell her to stop? So she got on Spotify and saw that she was listening to on the Spotify account. And then Rick your daughter her. Rick rolled her. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. So she's That's been doing awesome. that at times. And, and uh, <laughs> there are some times when it's like, okay, it, it was funny, but let's stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, I still get That's a good, good. <laughs> That is great. All right. So mine were Radar Love, Red Barchetta. So um, Monday, what is your second song? Uh, I got to go with what I'm not sure if I can say this is my absolute favorite Van Halen song, but it's definitely my favorite Van Halen riff. And that would be Panama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's That's just, man, when that riff kicks in, it's, oh God, it's so good. So good. Oh yeah. Almost like Eddie knew how to play or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And this was also, I love the story behind the lyrics to this song because it's like, uh, somebody was bitching about David Lee Roth writing all these lyrics about just, you know, girls and sex mm-hmm. and whatever. And they're like, why don't you just like write a song about a car or something? And so he did. And you have Panama. <laughs> you guys are on a roll here. That's interesting. Some golden earring, car themes. I'm sensing a little, yeah. uh, you know. It's road tunes, man. Yep. Yeah. Serendipity. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now Paul's ready. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm enjoying <clears throat> some grape soda. Got to hydrate. Yeah. Anyway, so when I was in fifth grade, my brother was in the Marine Corps, and he came home on leave uh, for a week and spent a lot of time with me, and it was a great time. Um, we went to go see, I think it was Superman four in the movies. Nice. And, yeah. But, yeah, uh, while we were on the road in his truck, we were listening to wanted man by rat and, oh, uh, yeah. full, mm-hmm. full blast. And, you know, rat had some killer bass lines and stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Guitar parts are wicked as well. And, um, you know, that really turned me on. I mean, I, I already saw round and round as a kid on, on the videos and everything and loved that, but that really sold me on, on rat back in the day. And yeah. Rat is awesome. I and yeah, they yeah. have a lot of good songs that would be good road tunes. I mean, you know, uh Way Cool Junior is mm-hmm. a great one. That's you know, that little guitar lick is that'd be a good road tune and round and round, of course, you know, that's a mega classic. Yeah. I, I never saw Rat. them live. Did you guys see them live? Never I did. I good? did much later. I saw them in like uh, the early 2000s with uh, Poison. And okay. yeah, they, so it was later. I, I don't remember who was in or out of the band, but Stephen Piercy was definitely singing. So nice. That's yes, Sean Rat did have great posters, great artwork, <laughs> great logo. Great videos too. Yeah. Milton, Milton Burrell. <laughs> <laughs> Got another Facebook user. This is killing me. I got to pull my phone up so I can see who's posting. Unless these are all the same person. If it's Rob, thank you, Rob. <laughs> all right. So we're on to round three. Round three, fight. Um, I stuck on theme because that's what I do. But <laughs> I did not go like hardcore. So for this one, imagine driving at night under the stars. It's chill. It's mellow. And I chose Drive by the Cars. I love that song. It's so mellow and cool. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, are you guys big Cars fans? Oh, yes. I love Cars and 80s. So um, this one is a perfect song for me on those nights. 
For did sure. you ever hear the album they did, like their last album they did that was, gosh, I can't even think of when it was, but I mean, it was. It was like 2010 or so. I something think. like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, it was when I first started working uh, in the acoustics realm and one of my coworkers said, hey, the cars dropped a new album and we were listening to it in the office. So it wasn't a road jam. It was an office jam. Yeah. Yeah. That whole ending with Rick Ocasek like leaving her out of the will and all that. That was such a strange, yeah. I, I don't know, very odd ending to his life, but oh. still love the old school cars. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds, right, like, uh, sounds like Sean has a story that I don't know. So Rick Ocasek did uh, Paulina dirty, I guess, when he died. I don't know. That's what it sounds like. But... All right. My last one, this is the one, like this spot, like I, Ah, there's so many songs I was struggling with. There's a great song from Overkill, the classic thrash band Overkill, that is called the Mean Green Killing Machine. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great one. Uh, I was talking with uh, my wife Lacey about it, and she was she brought up she mentioned Tom Petty, and I just started laughing because I told her what I said about you know somebody has to pick uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Free Fallen. And uh, but she said running down a dream. I was like, oh, that's that's a good one. That's, yeah, a good man, one. that's a good one. But I decided to go with the ultimate road song. Moving right along from the Muppets. <laughs> Love it. It's not a show without the Muppets. No. Dug-a-dum, dug-a-dum. <laughs> that's right. That's good stuff, man. You know, it, it, it goes to show that. Uh, you know that scene when they're driving and stuff that was definitely fun it doesn't work with the river bottom nightmare band in, uh, oh. Like, oh that's a jam poor too. emmett otter he was at odds from the beginning on that one yeah look at the birds and the trees <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is probably the best christmas movie of all time we're not oh, yeah. birds we're a jug band man <laughs> If you guys have not watched Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas, you have got to do it. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and uh, it's something that there's a handful of movies that are kind of uh, off the traditional cuff, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's I would say that's kind of underground for those that are dealing with the classics today, right? So that one always gets busted out, as well as uh, Ziggy's Christmas special. That one is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fun. He doesn't even say a word, but anyway. <clears throat> All right, you ready for my last choice? I cannot wait. Oh, man. Well, I can't either. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> the bear has to be played by Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so <clears throat> back in high school, there were there was a time when I was taking a vocational class in TV productions. Uh, Rob Moss knows about that all too well because he did the same thing. Um, shout out to Alice McKellar. Anyway, uh, we Just would saw get... her the other day. Oh, did you really? Awesome. Yes. Nice. Um, we would, uh, uh, basically have a break in between for me to go grab lunch and then go to, you know, my primary high school. Sometimes I would take that break and head over to the Kokomo mall and, uh, pop in and see some friends at disc jockey and see Mm -hmm. what's new in the releases and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, lo and behold, I had no idea that Testament came out with an album and, uh, had a killer album cover. Um, it was low. And I popped it in my vehicle's CD player, and holy cow, it ripped my head off as I'm uh, heading to school. Almost wanted to skip and just listen to the whole album, but, you know, I persevered. 
And from cover to cover, that album is just fantastic. All right. So yes. I just put, I went back and looked on, on Facebook to make sure I had the names correct. And mm -hmm. so Sean and Rob are both entered. We can still enter anybody else the rest of the night, but those two are entered into the t-shirt giveaway. Nice. I'm going to pull this back off the screen so um, it get uh, a little bigger. Quick note on the, you talk, you mentioned the cover of Low. I mm -hmm. believe, I think it's Low, Demonic, and maybe one or two others. Those were done by Dave McKeon, who did all mm. of the covers for the Sandman. Yes. Yep. And uh, Frontline Assembly, he did an album or two yep. for them. Fear Factory. And, yep. He did a lot. Uh, oh, God. What was the one? I want, I feel like it was Paradise Lost. Yes. Was that the, is that an industrial thing? It's kind of a gothic Yes, that's mm -hmm. it. He did one of those. I think it looks like a guy with like horns or something. Yeah, it's like a it. red album cover, red background. Yeah. Sean, Sorry, I was answering. Yeah, Sean, to Sean mentioned anything ACDC. Yeah, ACDC yeah. has a good, uh, you know, pace to it for for driving and easy to crank up the radio and uh, windows down and all that good stuff. You can still hear everything because Angus is Marshall's at twelve. I would say my favorite driving songs from ACDC are probably Dirty Deeds and Thunderstruck. Nice. Yeah, I've heard Thunderstruck a little too much at school. So uh, <laughs> No way. Yeah. yeah. We played oh, there lot. was a time when we were in school, every <laughs> single time there was a dance at the school, they played, uh, oh, God, what was it? Uh, you Shook Me All Night Long. Every yep. single time. Yep. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> we were always wait, wallflowers waiting for songs to mosh to. <laughs> so, Steve, I got a question for you. Speaking of uh, school sure. and tunes, yep. mm -hmm. um, are kids still using Time of Your Life by Green Day for their graduation song, or have they moved on from that? No. <laughs> well, I'm not sure where they would post that song. Well, things, I know. Things have changed. So. Yeah. I just know that there was always, you know, at the graduation ceremony, they'd have a song playing with a slideshow of everybody. And so mm -hmm. a lot of times Green Day was a top pick. Well, yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. and it sent Seinfeld off. So that gave it a seal of approval, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Um, things are just done differently now. So it's a little strange, you know, yearbooks aren't as big because they want immediate photos. Mm -hmm you know, Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we just had our big uh, senior scholars program today and gave out like 600 grand. So nice. that was fun. Yeah. Good times. I'm going to go apply for a scholarship. I'll be right back. You actually can. <laughs> if you want to go back to school, you can apply for the Sellers Scholarship. It is for alumni. Nice. We gave out a ton of those today. So cool. All right. So are we done here? We are done. I think so. All right, that means uh, next week's challenge. Um, okay, I gotta I gotta give our boys some shout outs here. Yeah. At the program. Okay, here we go, Sean. <laughs> there we go. Um, so next week, Monday, you have the challenge. Are you prepared to issue the challenge right now, or are we waiting? <laughs> I am not because I did not realize it was mine. So if I come up with something before the end of the show, I'll let you know. But right now cool. I got nothing. Are you sure it's not the JLI team? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll tie in with our Sandman issue this week. Yes, it go. will. 
So, okay. So we will come at you later with the uh, challenge for next week. Um, but I guess we're having a quick break here. So on Thursday night, we're actually going to have a couple of comic book, uh, a writer and an artist in, and uh, they've got a book coming out. We're going to talk to them, review the book and do all of that. So that'll be Thursday night, special episode at 830. Um, and then we'll be back on Sunday with Monday's amazing challenge. I can't wait. I'm sure it'll be awesome. It is going to be fantastic. You know why? Because if not, the Kokomo Lantern will be upset. And why do we care? Because they are a sponsor of this program, the Kokomo Lantern, a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Head over to kokomolantern.substack.com to sign up for all of that content. All right. Thank you, Pat, over at Kokomo Lantern. One last thing. Monday, sure. you mentioned Tom Petty. And, uh, you know, it was kind of hard to pick a tune, right? Why don't we just kind of go for a blanket thing and pick the Traveling Wilburys? Get yourself a super group out of the deal. <laughs> and that's totally on theme. Yes. Totally, totally, totally. Okay. Are we ready for our album review? Album review. Yes, ready we are. as we're going to get. <laughs> well, um, he says that jokingly, but not really. This album is a behemoth, and it came out Friday... And those yeah. of us who have jobs and had to chaperone the prom and run a program today have not a lot of time. So um, Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers came out, and it is basically a two-disc or two-album um, release with nine songs on each album. So we got 18 songs, and these are not throwaway fluff songs. I mean, even the ones that are like uh, like intros or interludes. Interludes. There's one on each album. One of them's less than two minutes, and the other one is, I mean, a whole song, really. And and it's not throwaway. They're still packed. Yeah. Yes. Some uh, some records you get the interludes. It's just a little small piece of music, and it or feels like and we've called them out. Yeah, on the show, and so well, this is kind of throwaway for the album. These are not. I mean, these are integral to the record. No. So um, I'm not sure how we want to handle this because it is a lot. Um, how about just some initial impressions and then we'll dig into a few songs. I think in retrospect, it should have been a two-parter because it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. man. I, yeah. Well, Steve and I were talking before the show and I'm like, man, I really could have used a couple more days with this just because there's so much here. And it's like, you know, you listen to it, and if you have it on in the background, there's some good grooves that'll catch your ear and whatever. But I mean, the lyrics are a mile a minute, and you're like, I, I mean, you have to pay attention or you're not going to catch everything. Yeah. When I sat down to listen to it and I was reading along with the lyrics, man, I like, I got through disc one, and I'm like, man, I'm tired. Like, I'm wore <laughs> out. Like, like, oh my gosh, I had to take a break. It's just a lot. Mm hmm. Yeah, and and that's, that's not, not. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, yes. I mean, it's mm -hmm. this record. I feel like I, I would be comfortable saying this record is an accomplishment. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, wow. It, it it's just there's a lot here to digest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, I, I feel like it's so introspective, and you know, it's you. When I look at, um, you know, Public Enemy is my favorite, and they called out a lot of the ills in the world. This record does some of that, but it really is looking inward 
on a lot of things and how he deals with what's going on, which is make, yeah. I think kind of really has an interesting counterpoint to some of those other ones from the past. But mm-hmm. um, I love the, I feel like he's very honest in this record mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he doesn't come across as somebody who is better than thou telling you how things are, how they should be. He's really looking at himself as part of this whole thing, which yeah, I think he, is pretty he, refreshing. He definitely, uh, kind of speaks to his own flaws in several songs, you know. I mean, he doesn't shy away from that stuff, which I think is pretty awesome, yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting too because there's elements, um, and forgive me because again, we we had a lot to go through. There were just moments like that he was having an argument mm-hmm. with, a, with a woman on, on one of the tracks, and you know, it's just oh, screaming yeah. at each other. So it's that's just, uh, we cry together, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I was listening to this on the road. How about that? Um, we uh, <laughs> we cry together. There was just this. I, I, my initial impression essentially was like, this is kind of raw, you know, like this is him kind oh. of showing human yeah. nature and, you know, lashing out in anger and, and just really letting those feelings fly out. And it was nice to hear because there's a lot of production that's out there that gets really polished. You know what I mean? So like the song has got to be catchy and, and have this full on hook. There's elements of that, but there's just so much elements, so many elements of just like ripping the chest open and letting it fly. Yeah. That song specifically, I definitely wanted to talk about because mm-hmm. the first time I heard it, I just had the album on and I was doing other stuff. And I just like they start like the they start arguing and it just escalates and mm-hmm. escalates. And they're like, F, 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 F. I was like, what in the hell am I listening to? Right. And then when I sat down with it and really dove into it, I'm like, this is I mean, it's kind of genius. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. like it's a rough listen. It it is a rough listen, but it, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the the way they per, they're portraying their mm-hmm. I guess characters. I don't know what else to call them. Mm-hmm. But like like it's not fun. This is not a fun song, and it's rough. And they get into it, and they cover a lot. And I'm like, oh man. I mean, it's really just like listening to somebody argue, but it's brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. I think like the cool thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah, privy to this room where they're yeah. having this argument. And the cool thing is yeah. that the the girl who's on there is an actress, Taylor Page. It's not like she's coming off and she's known for her music. She's actually an actress. And so she acts the part beautifully. That um, makes sense because, I, I mean, that's yes. I was going, I almost said, like, I feel, this feels like a scene from a movie or something. If, if mm-hmm. they weren't, like, rhyming and stuff, <laughs> I'd be like, I mean, this is like watching a movie. Yeah. And and what's really cool too. Okay. So it opens with that Florence and the machine opening. And then that piano, it's like just a cool plunky piano that plays below them the whole time as they argue. And then of course, at the end, it's almost like they tire of the argument and just want to come back together. Like they're, they're so uh, depraved and bad that they almost deserve each other, uh, which was kind of a cool ending to the whole thing. Yeah. And it reminds us. That too is like a movie. I mean, like a movie or a sitcom mm-hmm. where they're like arguing and arguing and they smack each other and smack and then they kiss. And they yeah. mash their faces <laughs> together. Like, okay. Did you guys get kind of a uh, Eminem Kim vibe from that? Uh, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. That didn't really come to my mind, but I can definitely see how you could get there. Yeah. yeah. Kim doesn't talk as much in that yeah. song as she does in this one, but she does respond a little bit. It just, and with those two being tied together a little bit, doing some stuff together. It just kind of threw me back to that. Yeah. So, 
we all agree that's a banger. Indeed. Chalk it up. It's, we it's cry hard together. To call it a banger. Like it's impressive, <laughs> but that is not a track that I would gravitate to and be like, "Oh, this is my jam." <laughs> right. You, you don't play it to your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, that was funny. I also I told you guys when we were texting earlier. Like uh, we went to brunch with my boys today, and they're they're Kendrick fans, and they were listening to it and. You know, we were talking about it. We were. T- they said they were listening to that song on their way to brunch. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know if that's like your go-to car jam. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like when in high school when we listened to The Cure because we were mopey and sad or feeling brokenhearted. <laughs> we were so emo. Go to yeah, you would want to go to when you're like, look, I'm just I'm really fed up. I'm I'm gonna just go lash out at somebody. Let's get <laughs> armed and ready to go. No, it, it's it's definitely very cool to kind of hear that play out in, in such a way that hasn't I've, that I've never heard before. And you know, I'm pretty naive to a lot of the the modern hip hop genre and what's going on. Same. So I don't know yeah. if there are anything other artists that are doing something comparable, but this one definitely kind of hits a peak for me as very unique. Yeah, I, I get turned off by just the trash lyrics bragging about chains or, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah. or cars. Yeah. You know, that isn't yeah. interesting to me. Mm-hmm. This tackles real feeling, real mm-hmm. world world problems, those kind of things. So totally gravitating to this. And I don't love his voice. You know, I love the old school awesome rappers. To me, he's not, he doesn't have that, that big booming voice that I really love. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter what he's saying is so emotional and heartfelt that I just buy in anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. you know, what's His interesting voice... is go ahead. Monday. Go ahead, man. Go I was going to say, you know, with, with a lot of the modern, um, I guess, rhythms in the vocal styles, there's like that triple it, triple it, bah, triple it, triple it, triple it, bah, mm-hmm. that kind of thing that's going yes. on a lot. That's been very repetitive. Yep. He uses that in spots, but he doesn't, overdo it you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. so i like the fact that there are some songs that you, you have a hard time kind of grasping the meter but it just still fits and you know it's like painting this picture where it has a sonic background and it's almost like a monologue in a way mm-hmm. but damn it works yeah he switches his flow up a lot he's really good at finding different rhythms and stuff and i mean even within mm-hmm. a verse or or a song overall he's he's really good at switching it up his yeah. voice doesn't i mean i i would I don't think I would ever say Kendrick Lamar is like one of my favorite voices, but uh, it didn't really, I mean, it didn't turn me off or anything. It, w- mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, nails on a chalkboard or anything. It's fine. He yeah. sounds fine. Yep. And you guys know me. I'm always digging into the kind of the production aspect. I'm always mm-hmm. hearing, hearing that. And I really enjoyed the way some of these samples were used, like United in Grief, that kind of mm-hmm. break beat rhythm that was going on it almost had reminded me some of the early ronnie size and stuff it was just more of a little simple snippet versus like a complex 16 bar uh rhythmic interchange but it was really cool to hear how that uh was a texture along with piano so it kind of went hard kind of laid low and that kind of stuff so that was very cool and i really liked uh kind of that cyclical loop in worldwide steppers it just had kind of a oh my gosh i couldn't even figure out how to describe it yeah, but I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it's very impressive. That was another one. Worldwide Steppers was another one with some challenging lyrics. The first time I heard it, I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> and then as I read it, I'm like, mm, okay, I guess. Like, I, you know, 
I don't want to say what he said, but I, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. But it's just like he said it like two or three times in a row, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what, what are we doing? Like, I don't. Is this the I, uh, I being know. a white woman? Yes. Yeah, I. And, what I love about that though is he, you know, that is kind of referencing his ancestors, like being disappointed in him. Yes. You know, which I think is yes. so cool. And then he's really hard on himself in this song when yeah. he talks about when he went into the inner city and he gave out food or whatever, and it was, uh, what do you call it? Death certificates or something like that. But I mean, so he's like looking at what he's done and being very honest about the problems he's called, I guess, being a killer, yeah. you know, that's um, like I said, killer. the first time I heard it, it was just on. And I was like, what in the hell is this? And then I dove into yep. it and I was like, okay, I, I get where we're going here. I think the harsh tone and the lyrics make those points that much better. I think you could soften yeah. them, but you wouldn't have that same point because it yeah. made your ears perk up and go, what the hell did he just say? And <laughs> yeah. you go back and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think in that respect, it's done its job really. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Paul, yeah. you had started talking about United and Grief. I had to ask you the breakdown where that killer yes. drum groove comes in with the piano. Was mm-hmm. that not amazing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I probably listened to that track about three or four times and I'm still, you know, it's one of those things where you can listen to a song a couple times and really kind of catch the hook and, and have a good feel for it and predict it the next time you listen to it. I, I still haven't been able to do that with many of these songs yet, honestly. So, uh, and I love that challenge. That's very cool. So I, uh, yeah. you know, spoiler alert, I'll definitely be listening to this again because I'm, I'm uh, it's very cerebral in a lot of ways that I'm trying to figure stuff out. So, I definitely need to go through it some more too, because it's hard to like, you know, when, when I had it on in the background, it's like mostly the groove is catching me and then he'll say something like what? And then mm-hmm. when I sat and listened to it, like I'm trying to follow along with the lyrics. And if I'm doing that, like you can't always concentrate on the music totally. So, mm-hmm. and the music is very complex. And I, I wanted to mention actually United in grief because, um, I think it's a great lead-off track. I don't know if it so much sets a tone, but it's a really great song. Mm-hmm. And I love the evolution of the music as you go through the song. Like It kind mm-hmm. of builds, and there's different layers that come and go, and it just kind of builds on the layers. And Oh, man, it's really, really good, really solid. Yeah, and there are some tunes, you know, speaking of the rhythms and, and everything where you hear mostly like the music part of it and there's not really a full-on beat you know what i mean <laughs> and that's interesting to me too because um there are so many albums that rely on a heavy drum group um mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's not even existent and it doesn't need to be there because everything else kind of falls into place properly and that was fascinating yeah, yeah. and monday i think you're right about that being a great uh, opening track, but I think it does kind of set the tone because he's talking about, you know, buying a bunch of expensive things, like being able to do that now that he's made it. But then he starts talking about how he's got a therapist. Like he is like the rest of us. He has yeah. issues, you know, money does not make you happy. And um, there seems to be that weird dichotomy in a lot of these songs. Um, so I, I think it sets this album up pretty well. I like it. Okay. For sure. I'll um, take it. Yeah. Any other songs that you, I wrote lots of stuff for each song. So if you guys want to jump in with a couple of songs you want to talk about. uh, Father time was wow. I mean, that, that was kind Mm -hmm. of a, 
kind of a tour de force there. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a cool title. Once you hear the lyrics and read the lyrics and see what it's about, the Father Time is a really, really neat title to go with that. And because I mean, it's just kind of talking about the time he spent with his father and how, you know, the good and bad of that and how all that went. And I mean, it's just, it's very, very, very emotional song, real effective delivery, just great song. I couldn't agree more. It starts off with that cool kind of a cello groove. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, which is nice. And there's like a, I don't, there's some percussion. It almost sounds like light tap dancing. Um, Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then he starts talking about the daddy issues and a toxic dad and Mm -hmm. um, how dads can like lead kids the wrong way or, or make kids become hardened to things they shouldn't have to be. And I love how he kind of comes to the conclusion at the end. And he says, I salute you. May your blessings be neutral to your toddlers. Don't create these little, you know, uh, macho boys that don't show pain that don't you know all yeah. that kind of stuff that a lot of dads do to their kids and i thought that was a neat ending to that one yeah that's uh yeah. yeah i got a lot of that out of yeah just talking about exactly what you said the what what he went through and how his father treated him and you know expected him to behave and react to things like he he doesn't want to push that onto his kids and all yeah. that. It's pretty cool. Toxic masculinity. I think that's what yes. they call that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Paul, did you like that one? I did. I really liked the uh, uh, the beat in the background. It definitely had kind of mm-hmm. a classic vibe. You know what I mean? And uh, just really good drum work in there and, and the uh, audio bed underneath. I'm not sure if it's like chops and samples or if it was actually somebody performing it and then they looped it and that kind of thing, but it just really is a good audio bed. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard for me to, to figure out how to talk about something because I don't know how they made it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah. a real instrument or if it's a computer. Yeah. It's kind of tricky. I get that too. Like mm-hmm. I, if I'm trying to talk about the music, you know, I don't know the same. I may not know exactly what instrument that is or, keyboard or sample or this or that or the term i'm trying to when they take when they go from this note to this note like i don't know what the word for that is but yeah i can still like it (laughs) and you know what what's interesting too um not to uh go back to united in grief but there's an artist uh from the uk that i'm a big fan of named roots maneuver and um there's a lot of kind of abstract beats going on with his work too and i really like his flow and and the, the music in the background and i kind of hear some of those elements as, as well and i don't think that it's necessarily a direct influence it's just that um the production team i don't know if kendrick did it himself i don't know if he had a, a group of people but they are just getting really creative on how to put these parts together and you know as an owner of a sampler now uh, that is kind of pad based and you can create those chops and and make things kind of jump and and somewhat be disjunct but create a nice rhythmical rhythmic motion. Uh, I really like the way it makes the impossible possible, basically. And that's what a lot of the, the audio is like on this too. There's a lot of jazz elements. Yeah. I felt like in there, like it, we, we were sitting into yeah. a jazz jam, you know, people show up at the club and start playing and just felt like we were sort of sitting in that environment mm-hmm. in some of these songs. The, the one that followed father I, time, the interlude. 
Oh yeah, I love that. That had that killer piano that Mm -hmm. was all choppy, but it kept getting faster and faster. Faster. And and Kodak Black is just going over the top of it, Um, which for an interlude, I thought that was so important. Talking about growing up poor, everybody's in jail, and then coming to that ending, we oh well now we own property. You know, like we're making it now. I thought that was a cool interlude. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Paul, you mentioned. uh... Oh, sorry. No, that's it. I was just saying it was very chromatic and and yes. just got faster and faster, and it was just a lot of fun. Go ahead. Uh, you mentioned the production stuff, and uh, it's funny because in a lot of hip hop and pop music right now, like you never know, it could go either way. It could be one guy sitting there with all the synths and the pads and this and that, or it could be mm-hmm. like ten guys working on one song. Yeah. It yeah. seems like it's it's either it's one or two ways. Right. Right. And you know, I always like the guy that just kind of puts himself in the in the corner of the basement and just whittles away all day, kind of like Jay Dilla, right? <laughs> and and uh, you know, no matter what happens, there's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, any other songs really jump out at you guys? Um Steve, I know you mentioned uh, Aunt Auntie Diaries. That mm-hmm. was that was a pretty powerful one. Um, yeah, I mean that very very topical. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if this is really his story, like from his family, uh, I mean it's pretty impressive that he could <clears throat> draw from that and actually be willing to put a song like this out know with what it says so uh it's pretty powerful even if it's not true the idea that you own up to this and put it out there it's very powerful um and i think too one of the things where he talks about you know using the f word um over and over and nobody thought anything of it when they were younger you know and we don't mean the curse. (laughs) We mean calling calling people yeah gay slur. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, when we grew up, people played Smear the Queer. Oh, yeah. Did anybody, when they were playing football, ever even associate that with, you know, somebody being gay? It was really no, no. And and so now you look back and yeah, that that game didn't really mean that to me. Like it just meant I mean, obviously the rules is Mm -hmm. whoever had the ball, but it just meant like they're that's the weak person. You got to get them. Right. So like maybe maybe that is where the connotation came in, but and also I mean when we were kids like we would call stuff gay all the time yeah and yeah, it exactly. just meant like it was stupid or lame or whatever and like you know you never thought twice about it and that's exactly <laughs> what he says in this song like you throw that you know f word around all the time calling people that or whatever and you you never even thought about it and yeah. How and hurtful. now you realize the harm you could have been doing yes. to yeah, somebody absolutely. at that time. And we yes. didn't even know any better or think about it. And so now, mm-hmm. you know, like we've dealt with it and no longer do anything like that. And so he's done the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so he says, you know, basically I've chose humanity. You know, I yeah. love who mm-hmm. he is. Um, and then I love the ending. Do you remember the girl in 2018 who jumped up on stage and used the N word, the white girl? I don't remember that. I, I like I heard that in the song, but I don't remember that incident. Yeah. So um, he uses that to kind of counter yeah. that um, yeah. to her jumping up and saying that, well, 
we have to own what we used to say if we can hold it against her for what she says kind of thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which was a cool connection at the end of that song. And mm-hmm. it was just a great song. You're right, Jeremy. It was it, powerful that he'd own up to that. I don't think we've even touched on really what he's talking about in here. Cause I mean, it's called mm-hmm. the auntie diaries and he's talking about his aunt becoming his uncle basically. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think he said a cousin or something went mm-hmm. the other way. So, and, and it's like, I mean, he talks about his family, how they treated these people and how, you know, probably wasn't the best way they could have been treated. And he, he talks about them throwing those words around. And um, I, my favorite thing was uh, the one where he was talking about the, uh, his auntie becoming the man. I don't remember the names if he used names. But Somebody became Marianne. No, not that one. I'm talking about oh. the the auntie becoming a man, like starting to act and dress like a man, and all of his uncles were always mad at him because uh, he got more girls than them. And all. Like, but it was cool because he was yeah. doing what they would want to do, so yes, it was okay they were, in that. Yeah, instance. they yeah. were like jealous and all yeah. that. It was like that's funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was a great song. It really was. It really is. Yeah. There's another track that um, that I really liked as well, and you know some of the guests I was definitely fans of a fan of before the album, but uh, Purple Hearts with Ghostface Killer, I really yes. love that groove on that one as well. You know, it's got mm-hmm. a couple of stabs that come in, and the groove kind of mm-hmm. goes steady for a bit and brings it back in, and great bass line, um, just good flow altogether. That that one's definitely a fun one. It was kind of an I unconventional saw- drum beat. Yes. Yeah. I saw Ghostface once. You did. Mm-hmm. I did. It was. I think that was at the on the side stage of Lincoln Park's Project Revolution tour. Ooh, yeah, it was interesting. Well, when I saw him, he was with Wu Tang. Wu Tang, uh, yeah. Uh, when they were touring with Rage Against the Machine, and yep. uh, very nervous at that show because I brought an employee with me that when I worked at uh, the corporate record store, Sam Goody. Uh, he was a minor, and his mom's like, he wants to go, will you take him? Yeah, sure, I love this music. And Wu-Tang told everybody to rush from the lawn into the pavilion, and mm-hmm. it got really tight really quick. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> man, that was, a, that was a good show. Yeah. I, um, the summer, the Lady Summer Walker on that song, mm-hmm. beautiful voice. Um, I had never heard her before, but yeah, definitely a good find. And I love <clears throat> the... Um, Verse two was just phenomenal, and then the line, "It it ain't love if you judge me for my past," which mm-hmm. is so cool. Um, yep. yep. So I think a lot of this album kind of talks about growing up. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Good jam. And that uh, ends the disc one, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. It does. It does. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So then, if we go to disc two, what uh, stood out, Paul? Uh, mother. Uh, mm-hmm. f- definitely mother sober, especially, um, just the feel of it. I'm, I'm a big fan of Beth Gibbons, love Portishead. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I saw her name, I'm like, how, how's this going to play out? And, and when I heard her voice, I was like, holy cow, this, it actually gave me goosebumps. I was very, uh, engaged in this tune. Yeah. I, I like her on this song. Uh, I feel like she was not given that much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely works. Like it sounds like her and, um, she, you know, she has like this whisper kind of thing that she does, which mm-hmm. she's doing here. 
and uh, which is really effective. Um, I wish they would have used her a little more, but mm. I, I really enjoyed this song, and it's cool to see her pop up on something like this. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I love. There were two lines that I think just bring this whole thing together, and you know, a lot of people avoid grief by substances or whatever. And she says, you ain't felt grief until you felt it sober or yeah. you haven't felt guilt until you felt it sober, which I thought those lines were so cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was a great one. Um, very, very heavy. Yeah. I mean, that story too, about being abused and mm-hmm. you know, they didn't believe him that he wasn't abused. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, just and that was what he was basically saying. Like his mom was, mm-hmm. so she was kind of pushing that on him. He was like, "No, that didn't happen." That's her lens, right? I mean, that's how she yeah. sees the world. Is how she was treated. Yeah, sad. Yep. Um, I, I don't really want to talk about this song because it wasn't one of my favorites, but um, I do have to mention it quickly. But Crown, just being an English major and having him use uh, a line from Henry the Fourth Shakespeare. Okay. <laughs> um, heavy is the well. He changed it slightly. Um, heavy is the head that cho- that chose to wear the crown. In there, it's just heavy is the head that wears the crown yes. from Shakespeare. But yep. Um, but he chose to wear it, and he's telling us, "Look, he can't please everyone." Which was this? Was this the same song? There was one song I was listening to, and like right at the beginning, I was like, "Did he just say Eckhart Tolle?" That's the guy, yeah, that he uses him in a number of songs as a German philosopher. Yeah, I was Mm -hmm. like, huh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and those are cool things, too, that they threw that in there. Weird, but. um, What about Count Me Out? Do you guys like that one? Um, Yeah, I didn't really have anything on that one. So uh, it kind of kicks off the disc two. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, really... like, yeah, that one didn't stand out as much. It had a cool lyrical flow, very fast paced delivery, which I think, if you count this as like an album opener, I think it was a cool since it's actually disc two. It makes yeah. sense. Um, and then this one was just talking about when you're at your low, you know, where are your people? Are they mm-hmm. there for you? And a lot of people are not. So, yeah, that's what I got out of that one. Uh, my other ones that I kind of, you know, marked as my favorites or my standouts there's definitely a savior and mr morale yeah like both of those a lot you put uh interlude and savior together uh no i mean you there's an argument to be made for that but i just just savior is the one that i noted okay what did uh what did you love about savior um well I actually didn't write any notes. I was just like, oh, I really like this one. So uh, I think that was maybe one of the ones where I was just like really kind of feeling the groove. And I was like, oh, I like this one a lot. Like it was just kind of make I was feeling it. So. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. good low bass drum, bass line kind mm-hmm. of thing with it. Yeah. I, I put the two together in my mind. Okay. Um, and I don't know that they really fit together, <laughs> honestly, when I started looking at my notes. But um, so Baby Keem. I had no idea. Uh, but interlude, um, he, he's actually speaking over violin, which first of all caught my ear because that's just super mm-hmm. cool. And he's rapping and flowing and it sounds fantastic. And he's talking about growing up in a home with drugs, uh, going on jail visits. Um, right. yeah. And then I think that the irony yeah. here is that when he becomes successful, 
he has to go home and buy a casket for somebody who dies who was in that former world that he got out of. Right. So kind of like that whole thing where you can't outrun your problems. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was cool. Savior had so many cool digging lines. Um, it was almost like it was in parts. Yeah, um, that was uh, – yeah, okay. So that was the one where he's like – they he keeps mentioning – he mentions like this person, like he's not your savior. This person, they're not your savior. Yeah, J. Cole and yeah. and yeah, Tupac and like uh, you know, now is that the one that says something about now Tupac's dead and you got to figure it out on your own or something like that? Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, because we put our, you know, celebrities are so prevalent in our society. We put all of our energy into these people. Well, they're just people. Yeah. They're not saviors, and he reminds us of that, and he says basically that. You know, they can't be your savior. They will let you down. Um, but then he, oddly enough, goes into COVID. Um, yeah, and he yeah. rips on people in COVID, mm-hmm. which was very poignant and true if you were on social media during this time. Right, yeah. Um, and then, but here's where I where I feel like he's honest again in this whole album, is he says, the cat's out of the bag. I am not your savior. I find it just as difficult to love thy neighbors. Which was interesting, too, because at church this weekend, the whole thing was... Jesus says, love your neighbors. I mean, that or that's your number one tenet as a Christian is to love yeah. everyone, even your enemy. And mm-hmm. he says here, I struggle with that. I'm not your savior. I, I can't do he, it either. Didn't right. he also mention that in a previous song? He was talking about. Hmm, yeah. Was, um, it, was it in or maybe not a previous song? I feel like it was around the story of the auntie diaries, but maybe I'm wrong. Did he mention it again in uh, Mr. Morale? Maybe. Somewhere. Or is it in I thought, Mirror? I, I think it, I don't remember which one it was, but I'm oh. pretty sure that comes up again. He says, sorry, I didn't save the world, my friend, in um, in Mirror, the last song. I don't know. Uh-huh. No, it was the Love Thy Neighbor thing, I thought. Oh, strict, oh straight up? Else. Okay. But anyway, uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter, Mundy. It's all important. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't write it down, so it must not have mattered too much. And so he ends. What I love about this is he says independent thought is like an eternal enemy. Like we're all afraid of having independent thought. We have to know everybody else has to tell us how to feel about things. Yeah. Um, Tell us what to like, who to love. Exactly. All that stuff. We had a good, uh, actually, you know, Talking about some of these songs at brunch with the boys, you know, they're 18 and 20. And uh, wow, I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> this, this, all this gray, this is real. This, all this gray is real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, we were talking about uh, family and like, you know, being being close to certain people when you're young and then growing apart from those people. And as you grow, you find friends and like, you kind of have your chosen family and, you know, you kind of like most of the time you prefer to spend time with those people rather than your family. Yep. So, I mean, just, we were just talking about all that. It was pretty cool. We had a good discussion about that. Awesome. For sure. Um, And I did mention mirror, a second ago and that's the final track um where he talks about being selfish again little retrospection here um and that's where that line i uh, um sorry i didn't save the world my friend i was too busy building mine again like he was taking hold of his own 
And um, he says, I choose me. I'm sorry. But mm -hmm. the album, I don't know musically if you could tell, but it, it's more triumphant. It kind of ends on a high note. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's actually one, come out the other end or something. Yeah, it doesn't that one like it really like starts to build and build mm -hmm. and build towards the end. And I was yeah, that's cool. I think I feel like he did that a couple of times in this album and he didn't wear it out, but I did notice he did it a couple of times, but it but it worked. Like mm -hmm. you know, he didn't overuse it, but yeah, yeah. it's cool cool little tool. It, I think mirror was probably the most effective using that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really dug Mr. Morale, the uh, kind of arpeggiating line, kind of Stranger Things-like, and the groove with that as well. That was a really fun just beat, if you will. Yeah, I like that song a lot. Um, it, I liked how I was asking questions about past trauma, like mm -hmm. how it affects you. Yeah. Because um, it fits right in with these themes here. So and I think that's, I think we got through almost every song, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, I think we hit what we needed to hit for sure. Yeah, it's a lot. We missed not N95 is one probably that was a big one. Um, and I, I felt see, like okay, I saw that title and I was prepared for him to go deep on COVID stuff. Yep, <laughs> but nope. he didn't really. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not sure where the title comes from. Um, unless it's, uh, I kind of got it as. It was protecting, you know how the N95 protects against yes. COVID. In this case, sure. it was almost like protecting him because he's calling out fake people. Um, he's talking about people Maybe. who put on a front. He's yeah. getting attacked from all sides, including the relatives, the bank, government. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And he really took a deep dive into fame. So maybe it was about kind of protection, protection. against yeah, those things. Yeah, I can see that. I, I could be that. totally wrong. Yep. But, yep. Uh, but I did like that song. I thought that was a pretty cool song. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think it's time for roundtable. Let's uh, rate this thing. JPP, what do you give it out of five? I'm going to give it a four. Um, it's something that was foreign territory for me. And I'm glad you said, hey, let's review this because I have become enlightened uh, to some new things. And I definitely look forward to listening more and dissecting, unpacking all that stuff. It's uh, It warrants many listens. And I plan to do so. Yep. Very good. What was your score? A four. Straight up four? Okay. Four. Yep. Monday? Um, right now, it's probably sitting at uh, <clears throat> 3.5, and that is only I, – I would have to justify that and say it is not based on – the skills and the musicality that are on display here. I, I, like I said before, I think this double album is an accomplishment. It's impressive. Um, but just because of how deep I have not been able to get into it yet, I'm sitting at a three, five. I imagine if I listen to this more, that would probably increase. Fair right. enough. Fair enough. Um, let, me, let me add one thing. Sure. It's challenging to listen to this album in my day-to-day -day life, especially with a 10-year-old. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was able to pull it off. <laughs> I will say, put the headphones on, put the noise cancellation on, and listen. Mm -hmm. There is so much going on musically Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. that just, yeah, it, it 
it blew me away. Um, I did not expect to like it that much. Um, I gave it a 4.5 for nice. right now. And the reason is I cool. feel like it really challenges me to listen to, I mean, it's like, it's poetry pretty much. Yeah. And it's not always telling you exactly how to feel. It puts some enigmatic lyrics out there and you kind of have to dig through them all to figure out exactly what's going on. And it does it over this beautiful field of music that constantly changes. There's, yeah. um, that that one groove that we just can't quite describe exactly how it goes, but it's just oh, mm-hmm. like I mean, you can feel it in your soul. It's it's deep, and then we got these high jazzy piano bits and um, samples going on. So I, I just think that this is a fantastic endeavor. It challenges the listener. It's not something that you passively just want to have a good time. You don't want to do a drive <laughs> a driving song with this one, and where you're yeah. just kind of driving and chilling. Mm-hmm. It requires effort to really yeah. enjoy this music and if you got I, I the would, time to dig in do it yes i would agree with all of that uh i speaking to the challenge I, I if anyone hears that and thinks oh it's a challenging listen it's not in a bad way it, it absolutely will challenge you in i think more ways than one and if you are open to it and you let it in and you feel i mean the, all the layers and levels of the music and the just the depth and the you know bearing your soul of the the lyrics i mean it, it it's it's really really good it's really good i also did not expect to like it this much so but i i did i enjoyed it a lot yeah so the fuddy duddies got out of their lawn and tried something new that's the moral of the story yeah, there are things that challenge me in a way that I don't enjoy. This was not mm-hmm. that. Yeah, this was, exactly. This so was, we're always I, up I was to the challenge. I was glad to be along for this ride. Yeah, yeah. very good. And so uh, next week, um, what are we doing, boys? Well, here's a question. Since Nothing country. Is... I can't be challenged in that way. Well, <laughs> no. I do have my limits. Yeah. Oh, speaking of challenging in a bad way. Oh my gosh, Lacey's been watching the Eurovision competition. <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, rough, rough stuff. Anyway, go ahead. Paul. No. no, I was gonna say, since this is kind of uncharted territory for us, if there's anybody listening, uh, things along this vein. If you have suggestions for us to listen to, it could be an even an older release for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, please enlighten us. We would definitely encourage uh the opportunity to check out similar uh music in this genre that we are just not familiar with and i um, i actually have one you do i do go for it i would recommend checking out uh denzel curry okay very good stuff he actually the first thing i heard from him that i absolutely loved was he does a cover of a rage against machine song I want to say it was killing in the name, but I don't, I'm second guessing myself, but find that on YouTube, check that out and then go back and listen to his stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Cool. Yeah. And we're not against this variety of music by any means. I mean, mm-hmm. I think all of us, you know, back in the day, we loved PE and Tupac and, uh, you know, Big Daddy Kane and, and all of KRS one, all of oh, that yeah. was fantastic. It's just, I think as we got older, it sort of shifted its focus yes. and became mm-hmm. about something else. And that kind of left me behind. So if we can yep. get more 
like this, I'm totally in. And please, if you say Kanye, we won't let you listen to the show anymore. <laughs> I definitely, I, I certainly gravitate more towards, I mean, I love Dre, Snoop, Cube, all that stuff. But I certainly gravitate more towards uh, hip hop and rap that has some kind of socially relevant message. Absolutely. Uh, Jurassic Five comes to mm -hmm. mind. Yes. They are absolutely amazing. Uh, such a great group. And they tackle all kinds of issues. Um, it's hard for me to consider them. A, I don't know. They're not like pure hip hop. It's kind of hip hop with a live band that's a little different, but Flowbots, they have yeah. a lot of really cool mm -hmm. social messages, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. You know, okay. what Chuck D said back in the day was that hip hop, that rap music was the black CNN. Yep. And what came afterwards turned into Cartoon Network. And so, <laughs> yeah. and we can't, Carlton Rittenauer, we cannot argue with him. We just cannot. Yeah. There's a, another artist. Um, he's more of a, I wouldn't say a DJ, but definitely a beat mangler. Prefuse 73. Uh, he was on the Warp label. Um, a lot of his stuff is more instrumental, but the samples that he puts in place with the dialogue kind of help paint the picture picture as well but uh you know kind of along the lines of the abstract beats i was talking about on, on this release there's some similarities as well and it's very fun to listen to because um the chops kind of go in crazy directions and fits really well in a, in a weird way it's like you can you could kind of see the train cars the graffiti you know it gives you visuals as you're listening to it yeah cool all right guys that was fun i loved yeah last few days digging into this um and i don't think i'm done so i want to keep listening i i was just worried i wouldn't have much to say but we got we got there so yeah um so that brings us we're at an hour and 10 minutes do we want to hold off sandman five do five and six next time that's fine by me that gives me a chance to catch up i uh <laughs> i tr i uh, removed two hedges um, over the weekend, and I'm trying to uproot the the bases now. And uh, that always was fun. A big part of my weekend, and and uh, just didn't have time to read. Well, let's do that next week because um, I guarantee we will not talk as much about the next record because uh, there can't be that many records that come out that are that in depth. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we'll plan Sandman five and six next week. Um, gentlemen, before we get off of here, if somebody wants to find out what JPP thinks, where could we find you, my friend? Uh, you can find me at justplainpaul.com. Sign up for the mailing list for news and updates. You can also find me at the properly spelled Phoenix Supernova on Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at justplainpaul as well, but uh, a lot of the music focus is going to be Phoenix Supernova related. It's going to get weird. Awesome. Um, are you working on lots of new stuff? Uh, when I can, uh, right now I'm just kind of balancing the, uh, the thanks, <laughs> balancing the, the, uh, rural life and, and, uh, doing the yard projects while the season allows. Oh yeah. Uh, that gives me a chance to kind of when it, when I do sit down, I'm refreshed and ready versus going through the motions and, um, same old habits, if you will, taking a break can really open up the mind. Awesome. Cool. Monday, where can we find you? Uh, just find me on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. Um, I have not been very active on there. I'm hoping to get back into the, 
I was doing a lot of posts of the hashtag today I read and posting like short little reviews of comics that I was reading and stuff, hoping to get in back into that a little more. Um, as uh, Steve and I are rolling through our read a thousand comics in a year challenge, which I'm kind of kicking ass on. Nice. So I'm about um, to take over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know where I can find you tomorrow night, Monday, with me. Tomorrow night with you. Neil oh, yes. Yeah. I I told Lacey earlier, I'm like, I keep forgetting that's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so be so. here at the house by 530 and we'll head out. Okay, we can do that probably. And right. post, post picks and adventures on the Facebook page. Oh, we will. We will. Sean, Sean keeps telling me I need to take books to get signed. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> he will probably be fairly well guarded unless yeah. you're at the meet and greet that you have to pay for, which we did not. So. Correct. Correct. <laughs> All right. Well, I am properly spelled Foggy's Pal on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. And uh, sometimes I can be found over at the uh, the actual uh, Wanderings and Wool Gathering page, writing some articles about music and whatnot. And uh, guess where you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering, guys? Somebody spill it. Let's do it. Uh, Stitcher. Yep. Castbox. A- Apple. Yep. Spotify. Uh, uh, Google SoundCloud. Play. SoundCloud. Yeah. And on our website, wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. And there's one more. Kokomo Lantern. Yes. Thank you, Kokomo One more. <laughs> and YouTube. YouTube. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's where we are right now. Yeah. Exactly. And you can find those album, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. And so next week for episode 113, we'll be back with a super cool challenge and an amazing review. It'll be a surprise to you and us. Paul, play us out. I didn't come up with a song. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have one, Paul. Quick. Hold on. Ready? Yeah. Uh, There we go. Ready? Ready?